Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the latest episode of Urban City 93. Brought to you by Roughneck Scars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Bard. Is joining me as two guys that has probably defended more points. Well, let me take that back. Give it up less points on the road to North Carolina FC. It's Madison Air. How are you guys doing? I had to figure out the intro for y'all. Yeah. I had to make sure it was politically correct. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't quite track that one, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just like uh, you know, team hasn't quite tracked North Carolina all year. It all works out at the end of the day. There you go. It all works out. Well, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing? We got 10 games left. How are you guys feeling? What's going on? What's the emotions like? Bless all those other teams in League One that love draws as much as we do. Oh, yes. <laughs> My thoughts are exactly. I don't know how we have done it, but I think if we go back four weeks, Richmond was, a, what, 10th in the table? And yeah. we were ready to hit the panic button to be like, this ain't looking right. And now we are six in the table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is one of those seasons where I think from first to tenth is going to scramble around consistently for the rest of the season. It's I mean those the, those places they're gonna shift. Throughout the rest of the season, everything's so close. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about second. I think first thing first. And yeah, second. yeah. First and second, second, it's going to take a little bit to, to catch up to them. But third and on. Yeah, you throw a lot of at this point too. Tucson. Yeah. So for the yeah. listeners that don't know, third to eleventh place right now. So that's Fort Lauderdale, North Texas, Toronto SE two, Richmond Revs to Tormenta. Triumph for Madison and FC Tucson are separated by a grand total of three points. Now, granted, there is a difference of games. I think Fort Lauderdale's played the most games with 20. FC Tucson played the most games with oh, 18. North, uh, Tormenta played 21. I mean, my fault. Yeah, 20, Tormenta's 21. So you pretty much have a three-game gap in there in between teams, but it is close. And on Wednesday, this whole table could be upside on his head based on results. So just be ready for that, guys. <laughs> but the, the crazy thing is half the games might end up being canceled. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope nah, not. I'm hoping, I'm hoping not, but I mean, <laughs> especially after what Ida did to, to, to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah most definitely uh, just want to – Pay our respects. Hope everyone's staying safe out there in, you know, Louisiana and the Mississippi area. You know, not looking safe out there. Um, But the game we had on Saturday, it's not – I mean, what do you guys want to talk about? It's not too much really that happened. Not a lot of action. 
Um, both teams pretty much came into this game fairly defensive, I would say. There was a couple of standout performers, and we got a couple of questions. So what direction do you guys want to take this uh, draw-draw Neil Dale game into? Um, well, I guess we can first talk about the the formation. Um, mostly the the interesting choice for the midfield three of uh, Zaka, Ethan, and Matt. Um, I think at times it worked. But um, I think and, – and this is one thing that I did see. I did see that uh, Darren did have some in-game management going on because early on in the game – Zaka was getting his behind handed to him by uh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson, uh, Azil Jackson was beating him for pace uh, every time he got a chance. Uh, in fact, Azil actually had two very near chances early on in the game. And each time it was because he just completely left Zaka in the dust. And, um, I don't know if there was a change that was made because you didn't really see Jackson be, being as effective later on in the game. So unless there was a change or a you know personnel responsibility change in that midfield that allowed for Jackson to be a little more smothered or a little more marked up by someone else. Yeah, I mean there definitely was a change. You know, I don't think it was by choice necessarily because. Yeah. Yeah, when Stanley he got hurt in the but what was it like thirtieth minute something like that? Yeah, yeah, right around that time. Yeah, uh, you know, sub come, come board goes up for him even able to continue, and it's Nathan Alney. And you know, I think you know, Elliot, you and I were both like, "Oh, really? Okay." <laughs> yeah, because uh, Alney, you know, you know, useful player. I would not say that he is a like for like with Stanley Alves in any way, <laughs> you know, whatsoever. No. Other than both of them being over six feet tall. Yeah, so he ended up going in the midfield. You know, uh, Boulder, you know, went out into that wide position. I was just playing, but it, you know, reshifted you know the midfield alignment as well. Looks like Zaka got moved, you know, maybe a little further forward. You know, he was pushing a little higher up than he normally does. You know, Ethan, you know, Bryant also, you know, I think shifted a little bit, you know, higher up than you know, he had previously. And then later in the game, you know, after Zaka came out, it looked like Ethan, you know, dropped much deeper into the midfield and, you know, it was more of that six of huge. I mean, I know we're going to talk about him, you know, more later on, but you know, he, he was literally playing every midfield position at some point. So I think that goes a little bit to showing uh, how the midfield, you know, had different looks during the game, whether by design or not. Yeah, most definitely. I, if there's anyone that could really say they had a good performance in this game, it's got to be Ethan Bryant. Like he's probably our most dangerous force going forward. Um, but that Stanley injury, and it did look like a non-contact injury for what I can remember. Um, so first and foremost, best wishes out to Stanley. We hope you have a speedy recovery and can see you back out there. But when Stanley was out there, man, he he looked pretty well. He looked dominant, really good at a hold-up play, really good at distributing the ball, uh, was mixing it up, and seemed to be drawing a lot of defenders towards him and kind of leaving Matt and uh, Emmy to have a lot of free reign, a little bit more one-on-ones. When that when he got injured and got subbed off, like Matt, you were saying, Ani came on, and I feel like Darren is using Ani in the Luke role of where I can plug him wherever to do a job because I know he's going to work his butt up. I know he's going to hustle. I know he's going to do the little things. But with Ani, 
you kind of already feel like when you kind of felt that sub, you're like, all right, well, we're not attacking anymore. We're kind of sitting back and just if a counter comes, a counter comes because you don't. I don't look at Ani as a creative force. Neither is Zaka. Zaka's like Janeiro. You were saying earlier is kind of like that Fernandinho. Like he's sitting back yeah. there to protect the back four and cut out and you know foul when he needs to. That's his role. So the only real creative force you have out there is Matt that is on the wings, and we know this year he hasn't been as effective. He's been a lot more effective being central. Ethan, he's really good in midfield. He's played all three positions virtually throughout this game. Had a great shot on goal, I think, right around the between the 70 and 80th minute. But he's still very young. And well, you know what is it? The volley? Uh no, not the not the um not the Emmy volley, but it was near the end. Um I can't remember. You know when he took it off his chest, right? Yes. Right around uh, that yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a great game of going forward, but the team did well. They, they compacted the space. They didn't give up a dangerous chance outside of the one that Crystal Header and Akira saved it off the line. Outside of that, I don't remember anything else really threatening. No, it's a little bit of the same story that, you know, we've seen other games this year, you know, when, you know, there's games when the defense locks in and gets, you know, there's you know clean sheets, you know, Clean sheet number seven on the season, you know. But when those happen, a lot of times what follows is you know the attack that doesn't you know, give you know quite as much you know there yeah. as well. So like, we you know we see you know our more than our fair share of you know nil nil draws, and we see you know you know we started to see a decent number of high scoring you know shootouts as well. You know we're not seeing a lot of the you know at least lately the one ones you know the you know, two ones, anything, you know, like that. So it's, you know, to, to steal a phrase from a, you know, popular uh, docu-series, uh, it's all or nothing right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Arsenal can learn from us playing a little bit more defensive. Um, oh, but, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one thing that if you can credit Darren with that, you know, is a positive is the team has gotten better defensively. Last year, uh, the team relied a lot on scoring. It wasn't really allowed in the back, but this team has gotten better at it. They've had, had their downfalls. They have had their defensive miscues. But seven clean sheets so far this year, I think leading the league, correct, Matt? Um, it's very impressive. And I think, you know, they can have double digits by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, let me ask you guys this question. This is a question that always pops up. Well, it's popped up a lot after this game. A lot of fans wanted to know why, why is Richard struggling with North Carolina FC? I have a theory, but I'm going to let you guys go first and try to uh, break down that question why Rich was struggling with North Carolina FC. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to tell. Um, I, I just think with each game, it was something different. The first game, I think there was a, a, a situation of underestimation. Um the second game is thinking that we figured them out from the first game and not really realizing that they have evolved since that first game and what some of their strengths and weaknesses were in that first game are a little different by the time the second game rolls around. And in this game, I think um, the personnel choice wasn't too bad, but as you talked about, Stanley Alvarez's injury caused uh, Darren to just think more defensively and say, all right, let's hunker down and just 
shut it up at the back and, and, and make sure nothing comes in. So I think it, it's just a situation of a different situation each time. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a little bit different opinion on that. I think a style of play doesn't match up you know, quite right because – North Carolina's bled goals against you know some other teams in this league, you know, but you don't see them getting you watch different highlights. You don't always see them getting burned one on one, you know, quite as much. And a lot of our offense does come from one on one play, you know, for the most part. You know, we don't you don't see a lot of uh, you know kind of you know connecting you know you know passes you know you know eight you know eight ten pass you know uh, combinations around the penalty area to break somebody down and get it, you know, a tap in those sort of things. It's usually, you know, Hey, somebody, you know, makes a play and then maybe, you know, is able to you know dish it off to someone, you know, meaning Emmy, you know, for, you know, a finish most of the time. That's not what our offense is, you know? So I think, you know, just the style of play because North Carolina, you know, most of the year they've been a pretty young team. They've gotten some of their veterans back lately. And I think, you know, that positional, you know, discipline is, you know, something that younger teams are going to struggle with more often. And, you know, that's just not, you know, a match for the way we wanted to play. You know, younger guys are probably going to have a little more ability to, you know, hang with the one-on-one, you know, type of scenario more often than not. Obviously, there's always exceptions, you know, to the rule uh, with everything. But if I had to, you know, narrow it down to any one element, I'd say it's probably just, you know, our style of offense doesn't necessarily meld well with, you know, how they defend as a team. Yeah, yeah. Was you about to say something, Shane? No, I was just gonna say that. I mean, with the the thing about North Carolina is they're a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, same as us. Uh, you look at them; they're actually tied in second for second place in clean sheets. We have seven; they have six. And um, even though they have lost a lot of games, there is that sense of slightly i guess you can say individual defensive cohesion um and that that kind of ties into what matt is saying with regards to the fact that they're they're not going to get beat one on one um it's gonna it's gonna take a team effort to to cut through their defense to dissect their defense and we don't do that <laughs> we don't dissect, dissect defenses we no. rely on players no. Right. I mean, you look even at the one goal we scored against them this year. It was that scramble off a corner kick, you know, where it kind of got, uh, you know, recycled through the box a couple of times before, you know, you know, Vaughn finally gets on the end of it and, you know, chips that little cross into Emmy to finish. It wasn't, it was, you know, built off of, you know, more, uh, you know, tracking runners, you know, breakdown. Like, I mean, it was wide open on, you know, the six, you know, for a finish. It wasn't, uh, you know, something, you know, where, you know, they had you know time to be able to look at and organize. It was reactive, and that's where they broke down. Yeah, very true. Um, I think the biggest reason why Richmond struggles against North Carolina is we're literally playing against our doppelganger. Both teams literally do the same exact thing. Sit back, counter, play it over the top. Don't spend a whole bunch of these 8-9 passes. Like The most passes you might get in a row is five or four. Either A, they lose it, or B, there's a shot on goal, or C, a combination of both. Both teams barely play through the middle. Both teams have one player that can kind of destroy a whole team's tactics, Emmy and JT Kamara for them. 
Yeah. Like, it's, it's literally like playing ourselves. I think that's teams that we do better against are teams that are that are going to push up a little bit more higher that we can get in behind and exploit that space. Um, teams like Revs, too. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, like North Texas, when we came back against them. Teams like that. Teams that kind of sit back a little bit more are, and that can, you know, play compact, we struggle with. Yeah, yeah shout out to North Carolina, by the way, for uh, leaving Kamara on the bench. You know, appreciate that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though when he came in, and, and look, um, this is another player that I want to shout out because he had a really, really good game, and I was really proud of him. I think Calvo. I mean, not think mm-hmm. Calvo, I know Calvo. Uh, he had a really good game. Really good game. Um, he had a couple of key shutouts, a couple of key key one-on-one defenders. I know that's one thing that we kind of harped on about is this 1v1 defending. He didn't get a beat wrong in this game. And um, even with JT coming on, I know he was a late sub, or not at least around 70th minute. He didn't really have any impact. Um, and what I thought he was, because I thought when he was subbing in, I was like, oh, boy, this Bakhtisher, they was going to put him on Nathan Arnie. And I was like, oh, this is about to be a wrap. Like, he's about to score one to go in. He did it. Um, yeah. I, look, as much as sometimes we might look at the glass half full, I mean, half empty, and be like, oh, this team could have did this more, did that more. You got to take your hats off to Richmond. I mean, even though it's the draw at home and, you know, we've had our first year of draws, this team played a very good, very good defensive game against a team that you gave up six goals to in the last two games in that last game against them. Everything went wrong and nothing looked right defensively. So credit to Darren and the team. You know, they got it right defensively. Yeah, I'll, I'll shout out the defense. Uh, attack, you can't get shut out three times against North Carolina in one season. Uh, yeah, no. I, 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 can't, I can't give a positive review on you know, the attack. Yeah, no, no. But the defense, I, defense, I can tell my hat to it because you did a much yeah. – you, you cut out the errors, you know. Yeah, I'm on board with that. You cut out the errors. Like one of the big threats was – uh, Christo. Yeah, well, Christo, Ani and Christo look a lot more solid, look a lot more comfortable, I say that. Um, Zaka did a good job. See, Monty, man, when it's all said and done, Matt, your prediction about Monty might be right, because he is he is the king of poop housery. Like, he'll do little <laughs> things that will piss you off as a player. Like, I think it was one time, like, there was a, a foul, and he, like, kicked the ball. But he didn't kick it away. There would be like a foul. He kind of just walked past it and tapped it, or like you know, he <laughs> had the ball, but he'll give the little player a tap in the back. You know, look, little look, things. You you want to mess with a guy who chooses to wear long sleeves under his jersey in August in Richmond? This is also true. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's a sign that something's a little off there to begin it's with. It's a statement. It's a statement, and I think it's part of his his game. It's part of his psychological game. Um, Monty, he's, he's a, he's a, in, in the words of, 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 uh, Taylor Rockwell, he's, he's a student of the dark arts. He really is a student of the dark arts. And he, oh, 100%. I, I think at the end of the day, every team needs one. If you want to be successful, you got to have that one player that 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 knows how to get underneath other players skin and 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 you know find the hothead on the other team and 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 just poke at him and rile him up until he does something dumb 
And I think Monty is that player for us. He's that player that can find be like, hmm, who am I going to piss off today? <laughs> I wonder if Darren does that in the team meeting. Be like, all right, everyone, you guard these people. Monty, who do you feel like pissing off the most? He wants to <laughs> I want him. Like, he's our Dennis Rodman. I'm just waiting for the day when Monty shows up to uh, the game one day with, like, the cheetah print hair all over. Like, I can't wait for that. That's Monty. Now I'm imagining Monty leaving the team for, like, 48 hours to go to Vegas before we go to the playoff stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, guys, close it out. Anything else from this game that caught your attention? Anything else? Uh, I mean, we touched upon a little bit earlier, but I mean, Ethan Bryant, you know, for his, you know, only his second start, his third appearance with the team, you know, I thought pretty noticeably the best player on the field for you know, either side in that yeah. game. You know, almost every dangerous chance came through him. You know, he had that uh, service to Emmy, you know, in the first half that, uh, look, I'm, I'm at the, you know, back to the point where I think every time Emmy shoots it, it's going to find its way in, you know, just like early last season where it just felt like everything, you know, went in, I'm back, you know, there. So he went for that, you know, kind of, you know, flying scissor kick, flying volley. And I'm like, oh, this, you know, here we go. Yeah. He missed. No, the, way, you know, but, the way Ethan found Stanley on that when the one touch, which, I mean, he pinged that diagonal ball all, I mean, and to get it over, uh, I, don't, I forgot which center back it was, literally right over that player's head and literally right on Stanley's foot. And I mean, Stanley didn't really have to do much to put that ball in the middle for Emmy, and and I, that's that's why I was saying that uh, we talked about it before uh, before we started recording. I was saying that I think Ethan has the ability to be the next Riley Crack. Like he has that creativity, he has that drive, he has that flair, and I think with a little bit of fine tuning, he can be the next Riley Crack. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's bringing a lot of the stuff player. that we you know, talked about that we've been missing, you know, mm-hmm. in that midfield role where you know that guy who can you know, really be able to you know drive forward and provide that you know extra set of creativity, uh, you know, be able to you know build some of those extra creative you know, passes, you know. And this is no disrespect to like you know Victor Neal or you know anyone you know, who's been playing in that role you know so far this year, but you know, Ethan brings a different dimension, you know, yeah. to it. Uh, you know, I think he brings a. Li- I hate saying he brings energy to it because it implies that the other guys aren't, you know, trying. And I know that's not, you know, true in any way whatsoever. But you know, his energy gets applied differently. You know, his, you know, he yeah. kind of manifests it in a you know manner that I think it's beneficial, you know, to you know the team and in a way that you know give him a little bit more time to you know learn, you know, where you know certain guys like the ball, certain guys want the ball, uh, and you know, there's. You know, the potential for some real dividends to be paid for you know him and for this team and you know hopefully you know for our sake you know leading to playoffs and you know results there and for his sake propelling him you know back into you know a better bigger position in San Antonio or back in Europe if he wants to go back that direction wherever that might might be uh I, to make your point man about the energy and the myth I don't I don't think that's a bad point I think what you were saying is true like uh even he brings a totally different thing. he's that connector piece from the defense to the attack that we've been missing. Um, Zaka, like we said, 
He's a destroyer. Victor, we kind of know his role now. As much as we love his deep line quarterback passing, he's kind of a destroyer in the same role as well. Neil's more of a flair number 10. Matt's kind of a workaholic number 10. You didn't have a connecting piece that can come in between the 6 and the 10, you know, being at number 8 and kind of connect passes. And that's what Ethan brings to the team. And this is some of the best passes I've seen out of Richmond in this game. Granted, it didn't lead to a whole bunch of opportunities. But if you go back and look at this game and look at some of the passing, it looked a lot smoother. We've seen games where passing this game has looked rushed. Guys, you know, missing balls, you know, balls rolling over people's feet. Underneath the people didn't look comfortable. This is some of the best comfortable passing I've seen out of the kickers. You know, so, yeah. I'll, matter of fact, let me ask you guys this question. What is your guys' preferred midfield right now? Like, if you if we had – well, obviously we had a game Wednesday at the Andy Darby. What is your preferred midfield? What's the midfield you're going with? I mean, I feel like if you want a midfield that can dominate possession and if we wanted to start playing through the midfield, um, you would – I would say a Victor as a six, Ethan as an eight, and maybe Matt as a ten. Because in terms of our central midfielders, I think those are the three that are that have the the best passing vision. Uh, like you said, Victor being that quarterback type number six, he, he he gives you that outlet from the center back, the outlet for the center backs, and then connecting through to to Ethan, who can connect that defense to the offense and. Matt being the workaholic that can create and and maybe find Emmy or Bolaños or Stanley or Olex or whoever whoever is open out of those three or four. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, really, I think the best thing about you know Ethan being in the group now is that it gives you options of you know how you can be able to structure you know, the team because. You know, we saw combinations early in the year that just did not fit together, you know, well. Uh, I'm hesitant to, you know, want to say, you know, a midfield without Zaka, you know, because I do think he, he covers so much ground and, you know, erases so many of other people's, you know, mistakes, you know, through there that, you know, I, I can live with him not being, you know, the world's greatest long ball passer or anything. Uh, so I still think you have Zaka in there. You get, you know, Ethan in there. Uh, obviously, we're not going to hype him up for five minutes straight and then uh, drop him straight to the bench uh, or anything. And then, uh, yeah, I think it you know, depends what you want to try to accomplish with you know how you want to play the in the attack. I mean, I can see the argument for you know, Neil. I can see the argument for you know uh, Bolduc. You know, there. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I get Bolduc. So, I mean, I, I'm not. A hundred percent, you know, depending on how injuries, you know, play out with everything right now too. Yeah, you know, because look, that's going to be a real factor. Yeah, you know, right now, depending on how Stanley is, you know, we, you know, Victor and Luke have both missed the last, you know, couple of games. I'd be shocked if they're suddenly back uh, three days later. You know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be stunned if you do see, you know. Maybe Bolanos get dropped back. Maybe and you drop back and put you go for the speedsters up front. You know, especially against uh, you know slow-footed uh, Connor Tobin. I will not use his you know nickname. His name is Connor. Yes. Uh, 
So th- there's options you know, there for, and now it's, you know, good options instead of just, all right, well, here's a couple pieces. Yeah. Um, I, I, my preferred midfield three going into the game on Wednesday is definitely Zaka, Ethan, and Matt. I think you get the best out of that midfield. Nail right now is a little bit out of form. Um, and not saying like anything's wrong with it. I just Neil just hasn't had it's been too inconsistent. Let me say that. I'm trying to be really nice. It's been too inconsistent from Neil. Um, it's been moments where he's kind of gone missing in games and you're not too sure like what is going on, like what is his preferred role. Um, Matt, you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get a hard work in number 10, they can also create, and he's gonna be a pest. Um, kind of for that deep line playmaker for for Madison. Um you know that God, I can't believe I said that name. That pink team. <laughs> but with the game on Wednesday, guys, what are you guys expecting? Um, who you think is going to be the X X factor in that game on Wednesday? What do you guys think? So before I answer that one real quick, something that kind of came to me while we were talking, and I was mm-hmm. thinking back to last year. I, I really do think that Darren's midfields you know tend to work a little bit better when there's more mobile players uh you know in there. Uh, you know, so I think that's where you know, Ethan's come in. That, you know, that's where we've seen a little bit of struggle sometimes. You know, with you know, Neil, he's got all the foot skill in the you know world, but uh, I think Darren set up a system where he needs hustle guys in the midfield, yeah. not necessarily for the attack, but to cover some of the do the dirty work on the defensive side too to be able to support there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, next factor, I, I think. You know, whether it's Bolduc, whether, you know, it's you know, whoever, you know, kind of ends up in that, you know, central midfield slot that's going to be more attacking focused. I think that's a guy that needs to be able to perform, you know, because we know the defense, you know, if they are, you know, have the structure in place, they can be able to, you know, they can do the job. You know, we know that, you know, Bolaños or, you know, Olex or whoever, you know, is on the wing can, you know, They'll get a lot of chances. They'll they'll put together something for one or two of them during the course of the game. But if we can get that added dimension of somebody who can be able to you know give us something through the middle of the field, I think that could be the difference maker. Yeah, I agree. Shanair, what you think, man? Um, I don't know. I, especially looking at the last game that they had uh, against the last team that we played. Um, against North Carolina, there is. I, I think I don't think there was too much between the two teams. However, I think there is there there isn't as much directness with forward Madison, and um, I think because of that there there may be an opportunity for us to be able to allow our defense to do their job uh, for me the biggest thing is what can we do on the attack what can we do going forward against a forward madison team uh to be honest with you i i think this is a game that we need to kind of go all out in the attack, and I, I think any with Bolaños and Olex being the three up front, and with this same midfield that just played against uh, North Carolina, would 
and do well to to kind of push push their back line a bit and 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 keep them honest and hopefully prevent a lot of attacks against our defense and and keep things in well probably not keep things in their half definitely not but at least provide more respite for our team for our defense and give them something to think about i think to be honest with you that I, I think we need to go all out we need to just allow our defense to do their job and get those three those three power players up there to to create and to to put them on the back foot Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, for me, I think the X factor is, I think it's the whole eleven when it comes to their passing. Like if if Richmond's comfortable in their passing, I'll if you gauge the what the first fifteen so minutes, <clears throat> if Richmond if Richmond is comfortable in their passing, which meaning like there's not a whole bunch of hiccups, people are comfortable with the ball, they're able to spread it. I think Richmond can win this game. Richmond will get into trouble if they don't have that confidence in their passing. If there's a couple of misplaced balls, if a couple of balls are played out of bounds, you know, Richmond's kind of confident team, but it's on the attack. Defense, they lock in, they're fine. It's, it's the attack where they need that confidence, where they need the extra boost. Um, and I also think the X factor will also be Jonathan Belongos. I think I, I think he can be a dangerous force uh, for Madison fullbacks. And Fort Madison is a leaky team. They will give up a goal. Um, I'm saying all this and watch to see they play like prime Real Madrid in their Champions League wins and pull out Iker Casillas out of nowhere because they always like to pull out a goalkeeper against us that has no business playing against us. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm expecting Richmond to, if they can pass the ball comfortably, find good quality chances, we have a good chance of winning this game. But, Shanae, are you really saying this is an automatic like must win already? Like, I'm trying to make sure I, I hear you right on this. I, I think so. I think so. I, I, at, at this point right now, we we haven't been able to get a win against a North Carolina team. Let's push to get a win against our rivals. I mean, and it'd we, be nice. I would say it's we, more of a must need, not we, lose. Yeah, I I must not lose, but I, I, I don't want another draw. I don't. I really don't. I mean, yes, this game against North Carolina, there were a lot of positives, but let, let's turn let's turn those positives into three points. And I think against against the Flamingos, I think that's the that's the team to make sure that we get those three points. That is more of a statement. And I, I think that statement right now needs to be made. Yeah. So, Fort Madison, last five games on the road, they do not have a win. They have three draws, two losses. Richmond's last five home games, you have two wins and three draws. Um, so, conventional visit will tell you you need a little bit for a little bit more to Richmond in that case. And then this team gets a week off. They get a good solid week off before they go against Fort Madison again. Yeah, guys, uh, before we wrap up, real quick, shout out to Dustin. Um, he just made the U.S. Well, I forgot the age range, but the U.S. football team. Um, he'll be going to Spain in January, so shouts out to him. Yeah, that's really big. Uh, he's, he's, he's a, for those of you that don't know, he's a major, 
major kickers fan, and he's at every home game. Um, yeah. The kids live, eat, and breathe soccer. Um, he's a goalkeeper, really smart, very good at reading the game, and I, I, I really wish him the best. Khalifa, a former guest of the podcast, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, shout out to our man, Shanir. You got your first game on Wednesday against your old school Veritas. Um, for those who don't know, Shanir is the head men's and women's soccer coach at Crystal Ray, correct? Yes. Yeah, so shouts out to him. Um, because of the first game on Wednesday, a little pregame before the Hindi Derby. So if you're not too afraid to go to a double dip soccer game, make sure to hit up Shanir so you can figure out where the game is at and show you your support. <laughs> yeah. Guys, Henny Derby, Wednesday. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna hey. be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm. I want to be able to crack <laughs> open that bottle of Henny after the game, right? Right. Because, because we need it. We need it. <laughs> I, I think at this point right now, this kickers team is ready for a big win. And I mean, not to say that other team going up against other teams and winning wouldn't be a big win, but this, you know, it being the Henny Derby, this being. Uh, one of the more popular rivalries in USL League One. We need to make sure we get this W. Yeah, we good. We good. Also, guys, if you can't tell, this is episode 99. Next episode will be episode 100. We are going to do a special Q&A, so be on the lookout for that. You guys, there's any and all questions. You can ask me why I like Hennessy. You can ask Janair what made him into a soccer fan. You can ask Matt why he decided to do a podcast with two black guys. You can ask us literally anything. <laughs> I made it perfectly clear on the first episode. Y'all pay me the big bucks. <laughs> we <laughs> did. <laughs> Definitely did. Um, yeah, guys, as always, we just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, talk about your favorite team, your favorite local team, the Richard Pickers. As always, guys, we will holler at you guys later. Be safe. Be safe.